This year's NAIDOC Week theme for our elders looks to recognise respected and long-serving members of the Indigenous community. Aboriginal elder Tom Slocky has been nominated in the category of Male Elder of the Year. A retired pastor and public servant, he has helped many people get a roof over their head along the south coast of New South Wales. As the current chairman of Sea Arms, Tom and his colleagues helped tackle issues of housing availability and homelessness. Uncle Tom Slocky, welcome to Speaking Out. Yeah, hello. How are you going? Good, good. Um, so first off, for, for people who may not know you, um, uh, where did you grow up and I guess who and, and what helped shape your worldview? Yeah, I grew up in uh, Tweed Heads. I uh, started school in uh, Tinkham Bay, which is Butchella country, um, which is my grandmother's uh, traditional country, actually. And uh, my dad went up there fishing. He was a fisherman uh, along with his uncles and uh, started school in Tinkham Bay. Then uh, was up there, oh, I forget how long, for about five or six years, maybe a bit longer. And then my elder brother, he got killed in the boxing ring, down boxing in Sydney. Yeah, right. And that devastated mum and dad and family. And so we moved back to Tweed Heads. And uh, we were living in South Tweed Heads. And there was a community in South Tweed, another one up at Chindra, Aboriginal Islander so communities, and then a Fingal. And so we all, all get on pretty well with one another and uh, everyone helped one another. Like if we went out fishing, if we caught 10 fish, we'd keep two for ourselves and share the other eight. Mm, mm. Uh, you know, that, that was just an example of everyone helping one another. We we grew up with not a lot of money. There wasn't, a wasn't uh, uh, you know, public um, service money then. Um, mm. And we... Uh, we all help one another out, but I think what shaped my uh, my values was uh, my my mum, my dad, my brothers, my uncles and aunties, and just the community in general. Mm. And you know they were strong on uh, on principles, on on values. They would look after one another, care for one another, care for the environment. Uh, you know, it's a caring, sharing community. Mm. And I remember. We didn't have a house, so mum and dad bought a block of land and the uncles all pitched in and helped us build a house, which was just fantastic, you know. And then there was only a little fibro cottage. Uh, but, you know, it just it taught me that, you know, we can do things together. And so from there, uh, there was a bit of racism in the, in the town uh, and uh, I, started my, um, I started work uh, when I was 15 left school. My dad suddenly died, had a heart attack. And uh, that pitched us into, you know, like we had to look after one another. My mum was out picking beans and peas. We were out peeling prawns and doing, making money. We never went, we never got any, what we call then the doll. And I think that um, formed our, 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 my understanding of how to help one another and how, how important it is to do your bit, you know. Mm. We we buckled down and made sure we got educated. Uh, so I joined the army, and that took me on another trajectory of my um, growing up. And of course, the army uh, taught me a, a different set of values. Um, but here I was, was in a white world, uh, not in an Aboriginal world anymore, and I had to adapt. Which I suppose Mum and Dad taught me that how to you know adapt and integrate. Uh, 
And but I still was, you know, an Aboriginal man, proud Aboriginal man, and I think I I felt I was disconnected to my community, community, and my people in the army. But I stayed in the army for because that was uh, a, a a job for me. I it, I got married. There was a it was a support for me to look after my family. They give you housing, and so I stayed in the army for a number of years until I finally. Uh, you know, one of one of me one of me mates in the army had just come back from Vietnam, and he said, "Why don't you come down to Batemans Bay, Slocky?" And um, I was based in Canberra then, and so I ended up in Batemans Bay. And because I said, "Is there any any blackfellas down there?" He said, "Oh, there's heaps of blackfellas." I said, "I'm with you." So I went down there and played football, and the Bay Tigers had not had won a premiership for forty years, I think, and um, I was in the team that won the premiership. And of course, we were the town's heroes, and um, was AWOL for a few days, and. But the, the good thing was I met an Aboriginal community. I met an Aboriginal family. I met my beautiful wife in Batemans Bay, got married, had four children, took her back in the army for a while. And then when I got out of the army, I finally settled in Batemans Bay. Do you think that these experiences sort of influenced you and in, in what you've done in your life um, over the last, say, two decades or so with your, your work with housing and, and homelessness? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I didn't, like I said earlier, I, God was in front of me, I think, because I didn't plan to go into housing. Uh, but when I got out the army, I didn't have a job. And uh, I thought I'll leave it in God's hands. And anyway, I think I got out the army. Uh, my official discharge date was like February the 6th. And I never looked around for a job. And I think the week before February 6th, I get a phone call from um, Pastor Uncle Ozzy Cruz, who at that time was the the elected member for the National Aboriginal Conference, NAC. Of course, you know, we're talking about a voice now, but we had we had the Aboriginal Ab- National Aboriginal uh, community. There was NACC, then NAC, and before ATSIC came along. And they were elected by people all around Australia. And Uncle Ozzy wanted me to uh, be his electoral officer. So naturally, the first thing I'd done was go around to all the communities from Wollongong down to um, Goulburn, Canberra, around Canberra, Queanbeyan, Cooma, Eden, up the coast of Batemans Bay, Nara. And I got to introduce myself and to help uh, the communities, you know, write submissions. But I could see that housing was a big need. So I got I got more involved in writing submissions for housing. And then ATSIC coming along, I got part of ATSIC and housing was part of ATSIC uh, portfolio. So at the same time, I was I was chairing the Aboriginal housing company in Batemans Bay, call it Butterwing Aboriginal corporation and it sort of um, helped Aboriginal people get into housing. Not the the organization I worked with Aboriginal elders in the community and Aboriginal leaders and we worked together to build our housing portfolio up because we and it just made a big difference. What I as I look back and reflect on my time in housing, I just before I got at the army I got into uh, uh, military housing and from that uh, led me to Aboriginal community housing. And, of course, from that, um, I became sort of known for my expertise in, in looking after people who are homeless and people who are who just, you know, put them into house and look after the house. Because I, I still think that, that ha- 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 the, the supply of housing is one thing for our Aboriginal community, but the management of that housing is more important for the long term, for sustainability. So I invested a lot of time into making sure that we built the 
the the leadership up and built the management up to make sure that we sustain our housing. So that's that was my involvement in housing. And from there, I got invited by the New South Wales government to head up the an Aboriginal Development a Housing Committee. Um, and from that that committee, we uh, advised the government of New South Wales. Um, it was a Labor Party government then. Um, we had a really good Premier, Bob Carr, and uh, a really good housing minister, uh, Craig Knowles. And we um, we formed, we got the Aboriginal Housing Act enacted legislation in New South Wales, which I'm pretty proud of. I think it's the only legislation in the world that's got an Aboriginal housing perspective to it. Why do you think um, there is such an issue with, I guess, housing within the Aboriginal community? Um, and, and I guess what are the, what are the barriers? People think that um, uh, people that haven't experienced, I guess, racism when when applying for a rental property or or purchasing a property probably wouldn't understand. But what I guess are the barriers for housing? So I, I think the barrier is still racism. I think white fellas think they know what's best for us, but there is uh, a, still a lot of homeless around. Uh, and the key message that I'd like to put out is that we need more housing. Um, the big issues are still, of course, the in today's society is the lack of housing, both in the private market and in the public market in the community uh, housing. And I think governments have really um, let our people down, let our communities down, not just Aboriginal communities down, and not really making this an issue for the last 20, 30 years to sort of let the market dictate to how the supply works. Well, it's not working for for those who are vulnerable in this in this society, those who are really needy in the society, it's not working for us. It might work for those who have got good jobs and, um, and can afford it, but even now today it's become very unaffordable for a lot of people. So the big issue today is more housing, right? housing first. I think government should think of housing first because if you've got housing first, you can, you can ad- help address all the other issues of health, education, employment. But you need housing first. You need a, a a foundation. And, you know, for my family growing up, our foundation was a house. Mm. Uh, in the traditional society, it was the camp, right? Um, it, it was the place that, where you belonged and where you grew your family. So it's uh, taken, a, taken a while, but uh, I think the big challenge for Aboriginal housing at the moment is, of course, uh, the leadership and the workforce. Uh, the number one issue, of course, is supply. We need more housing. Uh, we've got a lot of homelessness. We've got a lot of overcrowding. We need more housing. We need more Aboriginal housing controlled by community. And then we can build our sustainability and give people security uh, for their properties over time. So in, in private market, you don't have security. But obviously in Aboriginal people, you know, rent, being able to rent, but you know, being kicked out after 12 months and and become um, on the go on the waiting list. Another, another thing I like to say is, well, our 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 statistics for homelessness is not really registered anywhere because the mainstream system makes you uh, register under their criteria, which is in New South Wales called a pathway. A lot of Aboriginal people don't enter it because it's so complicated, uh, so invasive. Uh, so there is a lot of need out there, a lot of housing need, and we need more housing is the message that I want to try to get through. And that's what I work at, both at a community level 
and at a national level and at state level. It, it just with CIAMS, um, what can you tell us about that organisation? CIAMS uh, was formed uh, as a regional management services for a lot of small uh, organisations who were finding it difficult to, to be sustainable, right, to collect the rents to pay all the bills. So it was a management system supported by the Aboriginal Housing Office in New South Wales, and it's grown since then. Uh, we knew that uh, to be to sustain ourselves, we need we needed growth. We couldn't get growth from government to um, to grow. We haven't we haven't had any, any new properties within the Aboriginal housing um, community control for about twenty years. It's all gone to public housing or to mainstream housing. It's almost like we've been uh, there's been an, a a stealth assimilation for housing. Like the white fellas know how best to do it, so let. Let's give them all the money. They're, they're failing miserably as meeting the need as far as public housing. And, and mainstream do, do a good job in meeting our people, but CIAMS was formed so that we could grow the organisation to provide housing for our own people. Um, we've grown from we used to manage housing for a number of uh, small organisations, land councils and Aboriginal corporations. We still manage some of those, but we've taken over management of a lot of Aboriginal Housing Office properties, both in Nara, Queanbeyan, and in Batemans Bay and Maruya, Yurubadala area. And so we've grown the organisation to to almost 500 properties now. Mm. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's quite a big organisation, but we're trying to provide the best service possible to our people. But I said, I'll go back to what I was talking about before. Mm. The key message is we need more housing for our people. Now, um, the reason that we're catching up today is because you've um, been nominated as um, Male Elder of the Year at this year's NAIDOC Awards. I guess, what does that nomination mean to you on a personal level? The, well, I always thought I was a humble person, but I'm, you know, look, it's it's uh, it's a it's a it's an honour, I suppose, to be nominated, right? to be recognised. Um, I think everyone should be recognised for the work. They put in their community, and there's probably a lot of people who are who could, should have been nominated, could have been nominated along with myself. But I, I, I think it's more of a reflection on what I've done with other people um, alongside me, as well as my family, uh, you know, extended family, and the community itself. Uh, and I've um, always put myself out there to be a, a voice, a representative for our people. So I think it's good to have a recognition for that. Totally. And and what would, a, say, you win the award, uh, what would that mean to you? Uh, it would mean, uh, yes, people recognise that I've been a good uh, servant of the people, uh, that I've tried my best, that I've put in as much as uh, talent and gifts as God given me, I've used to try to help other people and sustain people through their life. Now, look at Personally, it will it will be nice to win it, but it's not the end of the world for me if I don't, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, totally. Well, Uncle Tom Slocky, mate, um, thank you so much for um, for stopping by for a chat today. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. God bless. That's Uncle Tom Slocky. He's nominated for Male Elder of the Year at this year's NAIDOC Awards, set to take place July 1st in Brisbane.